On this episode, you're going to hear three gifts that you can give your camper parents in the form of three L's just because we love good alliteration here. You'll also hear an interview we did with Margie Fiedler, the executive director at Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp, about how engaging and listening to their camper parents made a big difference for their programs. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deep into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Sorensen, a scholar and practitioner who's helping leaders think more deeply about outdoor ministry and the impact it's making. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the playground. It's a Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Jared here. Jake's here, too. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jared. Merry Christmas or Happy Advent. We are happy uh, in preparation time for Christmas. Almost there, man. That's right. We talked about this. You, seminary graduate and husband of a pastor, like you got your church seasons on lock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Advent is important. I mean, it's the preparation time. It is. Right? And so we're it still is. in prep, prep mode here. And then we'll have 12 days of Christmas and Epiphany and all that. So there'll be, there'll be plenty of time to celebrate. How are you preparing? Yeah, especially as a parent. And this works because we're, we're talking, we're talking about parents a lot. And that's probably because we are. But I've got four under. Well, my, my oldest just turned 11 yesterday. So we've, we've got, got lots going on here between like wrapping up school for, you know, for a little season here and um, Advent preparing and even just for the festivities of of the week ahead because we like i've said before on here we kind of go all out for christmas the house flips the we just love it we just love it my wife loves it trees in the background of of me as we speak so yeah so we are we are preparing with plenty of activity and simply getting things done um which is kind of nice we had we had the little little break where you and i got to go hang out in north carolina for a little while uh last week and meet with our friends from 3ca at that conference, which was really, really good. And it's fun to reconnect with some of those folks right now. So to get away for a while, I've been running hard <laughs> on the house and things like that on the way on the way back in, which is okay. What about you? What what are the what are the themes of your preparation this year? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of prep uh in terms of family stuff and uh we haven't even gotten all the decorations up yet, which is crazy. But we've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, lighting the wreath and getting back into family devotional practices. Uh, this this season of Advent, and we've got some family coming in from out of town, and so we're getting together with them, and so uh, there's prep for that, um, and then it's getting ahead of the work, right? So um, it's 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 that sort of season where we're we're we've got all sorts of um, things going on in our heads and trying to trying to figure out how to move forward in terms of the the ministry world, the camping world. We're prepping for um, church services and things like that, but we're also uh, very aware that that our camps are in the midst of their end of year donation drives this is such an important season for them mm-hmm. they're trying to get their registrations going and it's it's going to be a quick pivot to to summer camp ministries and in the midst of that everybody's trying to Man. celebrate uh with family and so it's a it's a very busy time yeah it is 
like I said, we're both parents and have gone through these kind of different seasons of that time in life. But I have I have been feeling maybe even a little, especially this season, sort of uh, together and empathetic with fellow parents because there's just a lot to carry. There's a lot to do and there's a lot to carry. And there are these decisions to make around. Yes, of course, the, you know, the celebrating that we're doing now, but we're already looking ahead to New Year. We're looking to I mean, do this spring for sports or activities or this or that and even into the summer. Right. I mean, we know camp registrations, lots of open them. They do. You know, a lot of you do discounts to you know register by, by this time. So these are decisions we're already making. There's a lot going on, a lot to carry. So and we've been talking a handful on the podcast and in articles about parents, and it makes sense. It makes sense that we would do this. And the, the research is telling us, and we'll, we'll talk some more today, that it makes sense to focus on these parents because they are, they are a primary, the primary constituent. They're the ones holding keys. They're making, they're making the decisions. So it's important to focus on them and to do a couple things that we're going to talk about today, a couple of E's to engage them and encourage them. It's kind of what we are going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked about this before. Our, the parents are our primary constituents. When we're working with young people, we're not just working with the individual, we're working with a, a family. And that's a, that's a whole system. And so we're trying to support and engage the entire family in the system. Um, and when we're, when we're looking at impacts, mm -hmm. we're not looking at just impacting the kid and helping them have fun at camp, but impacting them long term. And that means impacting the family and partnering with with parents um, in the craziness of trying to raise a child in this world because it really <laughs> is hard as you know now um parent of four happy birthday to sam that's uh that's exciting thank you i found myself at the conference last week talking uh sometimes about how it feels like the shape of relationships with camp has changed and and this is why connecting with parents is important here's what i mean by that it felt for a long time like there was this linear reality to how camp worked. It went from, you know, the parents were making the decision, but they were making that decision in sort of a straight line through usually a church body of some kind, maybe a friend, but usually church because the youth director said, sign up, um, or the brochure was at church or whatever it was to camp. So there was this, this kind of line um, between that. And I feel like the shape is changing, right? It is, it is becoming not this straight line anymore. And we've talked about, you know, how, how the home is the, the locus, the epicenter of faith formation, that one way or the other. And so we have opportunity right here, right now. It's why we keep talking about engaging parents where the shape is now more of a triangle or a, or a cord of three strands of sorts, if you will, between the church. Yes, because those are so the partners. We, we're part of an ecosystem, right? The partners are so important and camp and the home, meaning those those parents, especially where there is back and forth and relationship between all of these things. There's not this straight line. It, it looks a lot more like a like a triangle or a circle than than this straight line. So that's why we keep talking about parents. Absolutely, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right on. Things things have changed, and and parenting has changed, and um, society continues to change. Um, and I think one of the challenges is this rise in individuality. Uh, this the need to make sure that the child is being authentic to themselves and trying to uh, do everything we can to empower the child, which is so important as a value. And we also need to always remember that these young people are still forming their identities. 
they're still trying to figure things out. And the parent has such an important role in this in this formation. And so sometimes we we lean so heavily towards, well, whatever my kid <laughs> wants to do, I'll, I'll, I'll let them do that, um, that we move away from the, the directional parenting that, that a lot of these kids need so much of. Uh, they need help. They need, they need help figuring this stuff out. And when they <laughs> push back, we shouldn't always just say, okay, whatever you want. Sometimes we need to say, no, we do know better. Um, and we do want to encourage you in these ways. Uh, that takes discernment. It takes uh, somebody to walk alongside you. And that's mm-hmm. where that's where pastors and ministers come in as they walk alongside parents and encourage them in some of these decisions right. that they're making on behalf of the child and not allowing the child to make, for example, destructive uh, decisions right. um, or decisions that might take away from some of their opportunities. Um, and so when we think about us as camp ministers, we need to think of ourselves as ministry leaders as well. Um, recognizing that not all of these parents have a pastor or a youth leader to walk alongside them. Sometimes that is our role to walk alongside these parents and to minister to them. And so not just ministering directly to the child, but ministering to the parents as well and encouraging them um, as they walk alongside their child. Yeah, those are good words. And so we're, we're hearing the theme. If there's, if there's one call, if there's one, this is it. Your parents are not transactional. They are not your your goal with a parent. Hear this is not to get a registration out of them, right? Your goal is to engage them and encourage them. And and we we sometimes get stuck. We get stuck in that transaction of getting sort of what we need out of them, and we market to them and we advertise to them. Of course, they they need information and they need all of that. They're they're the ones who are going to make the decisions. They need that, but the goal isn't just to get this thing that we need from them this registration to send their kids they're not a conduit absolutely they're mm -hmm. not a conduit they're not a barrier they are our constituents they are the people who and partners partners. and partners Mm -hmm. absolutely to whom we are called to minister uh Mm -hmm. so uh that's a that's a reframing i think um and and some of us have to, to really think about you know how we are interacting with parents and how much we're treating them as a conduit or as a barrier to as you put it that registration So that's what we're going to talk about today. And there's a bit of a, a liter- alliterative frame in how we, we do that, how we engage and encourage. Is that a word? Dude, I just make up a word? I'm shocked that we're using alliteration again. How many times have we done this? What, <laughs> All the got? time. <laughs> what do we got today? All the time. What, what alliteration do we have today, Jim? L's today. L's. Oh, I love well, we it. We talked about two E's, engage and encourage. Oh my <laughs> gosh. We're going to go three L's. The three L's. Is, it, is that like the tri-lambdas? Uh, that's a callback to a 1980s movie. Sorry, everybody. Good. Lambda, lambda, oh, lambda. Deep cut. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> They're all nodding. and Way more than you think are nodding and smiling with you right now. <laughs> Re- Revenge of the Nerds, everybody. Uh, classic. So um, it holds up towards hilarity, but uh, not towards cultural sensitivity. So <laughs> watch with caution. <laughs> Good disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we've had a Revenge of the Nerds, you know, call call back before. But we have had That's alliteration. This. And this time we have three L's. What are the what's the first L, Jared? <laughs> so if we want to engage and encourage parents, here's our, how we're thinking about this and this this bit of reframing of, of them as someone we are really, really serving. And like any good relationship and good conversation, you have to listen first. First L, Ooh. we gotta listen first. We gotta listen first and we need to listen well. And those are both important, actually, because we sometimes try to listen to parents, but it's often maybe even in 
in an eval, or maybe because they are cranky about something that happened or didn't happen, we, we listen to their problems after. We often don't listen first. We often don't say, if we want to engage someone and encourage someone and be in a relationship with someone, take your pick, right? It's, it, it mirrors how you meet anyone for the first time. The first thing you do is listen to them. Yeah. So we need to listen first. We need to find ways to listen um, on the front end and ask questions on the front end. And we need to listen well, right? We need to have actual good ways in place, including systems in place to really listen to those parents. And if we're going to listen well, that also means doing things with what we hear, acting on, taking action on the things that we hear. So, so that's the first L I'm thinking about listening first, listening well. Yeah, that's great. It's, you know, that last thing you said is, uh, is one of the keys of what we call active listening. You know, sometimes you repeat back what you heard the person say, what I heard you say is this. Right. And, and that, that becomes really important in terms of clarification. There's a feedback loop when you're talking about listening. So you listen on the front end, you feed back to them. This is what I heard you say. This is how we're addressing um, what you have said. And then you listen again. How did we do? And so that means not just listening at one point in time, but listening throughout. And so I think you, you said that mm-hmm. quite, well, quite well. And um, one of the tools that we use, of course, is that parent survey. Um, right. And I, I think that's a, that's a great start um, of a way to make sure that parents have a way to offer feedback, but that, that you have a way to say that we're listening as well. Um, right. Speaking to individual parents is awesome too. Making sure that there are ways to, uh, to listen, to let them know that they're heard. There's one, the first L listen first, listen well Two, love them. And maybe even say love them too. Of course we love our campers. Of course, we love these great kids that that come and we pour all of our programmatic and relational energy into a really good experience for these campers. Every camp does that. Um, and it, it, sometimes, uh, again, this is a way to, to lean away from a from a transactional linear relationship with parent to an actual connection that we, we realized, like you said, that they are they are a constituent and they are our, our participant or someone, our partner and someone that we are actually serving. So we want to love them too. So we need to think about what are these ways that we do that? What are these ways that we love our campers? And it might be an easy way to to do it is what are these ways that we love our campers? How do we do that? We think about some of the things that um, happen during a typical week of the summer. We would say, how did you love your campers this week? What would those answers be? Maybe even write them down. And then how could we do that same thing with the parents? How could we do that same thing with their parents? The, you know, the mode of how that happens might be different, but same things that we do to love our campers so much can be translated to, you know, to those parents. Yeah, I think of so many things when you, when you say this. I mean, obviously, this is, our, this is the, the core of Christianity. What we're called to do is to love one another Truth. and to, to love on these campers, but also to, to recognize that we're ministering directly to these parents. So we are ministers, and that means showing love to um, our partners showing love to these people that we are called to serve. Those primary people are the, are the parents. And so I, the, the Bible story that, that popped into my head when you talked about uh, this, this idea of loving the parents um, was the, the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus, says, what must mm-hmm. I do to inherit eternal life, mm-hmm. right? So he's, he's got, he wants the program, he wants the plan. Um, and Jesus looked at him right. and loved him, right? And then he gives him that answer, you know, sell everything you got and then come and follow me, right? It's this really hard calling. Um, and so, you know, we recognize through a story like that, 
that sometimes folks come to us with with questions and 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 demands um and they're not right they're a little bit misguided right show me what i must do to earn eternal life or to inherit eternal life and jesus looks at him and loves him and so sometimes that's with parents too right sometimes we get really mm-hmm. difficult feedback from parents uh sometimes we get parents that we say you know what <laughs> you're not you're you're trying but you're not doing this quite right this whole parenting thing and we can help you do that look at them and love them and recognize that their heart is in the right place that they want the best for their kids um and then how can you walk alongside them as they do mm-hmm. that and sometimes that means really encouraging them to to challenge their kids to be more directive uh with their kids mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about uh the challenges of parenting and how much direction you're you're supposed to give your kids and how much you're supposed to allow them to just do their thing well if i allowed my teenagers to just do their thing they'd probably just stay in their room and watch (laughs) youtube videos on their little screen right and opt out of all these different activities uh we all have stories from our past about uh ways that our parents have encouraged us when we didn't want to do it uh for me that was uh some of some of the activities when i was a kid like uh, I was involved in martial arts and it was like, okay, I want to commit to this, but I didn't want to go to individual classes. Like sure. whenever it came to time to go to class, I would rather have just stayed home. And my parents didn't let me quit. They said, no, we're going to go because you committed to this. Um, and every time I went, I enjoyed it. And it was a, it was a good experience. Mm-hmm. My wife, Anna has talked about this a lot when, when she was a, a, a child, she was, she's, she's very introverted and didn't like, you know, going out and doing all these different activities sure. and her parents forced her to go out for a sport and and it was soccer um that she ended up uh, going out for and she didn't think sure. she was going to be good she didn't want to do it she, she she didn't think it was going to be a good experience and she always talks about this one experience where there was a, a penalty kick and the coach said you're going to take this and it was this very empowering experience right and so um we, we think of these things that kids might not want to do in their head because they'd rather do what's in front of them or they'd rather do what's easy um, and so encouraging parents um, in, in challenging their kids is, is, a, mm-hmm. is a really important thing for us um, and saying, no, you are doing the right thing. Yes, I know it feels like you're becoming the bad guy to your to your kids, but that's part of what parenting is, uh, you mm-hmm. know, coming alongside them in these difficult situations. I um, I've been deep in the data uh, in, in recent weeks uh, from this past summer. Right. And one of the things that that I was just looking at was this. Uh, the, the motivations for the campers to come to camp. And so we've got data from 7,000 campers from this past summer, right? Camps all over the country. It's like 40 camps uh, that, right. uh, that participated in the project. And we asked them specifically about if it was up to them, would they have chosen not to come to camp? And it's a pretty high percentage that say, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have come or my parents forced me to come. Sure. Um, in fact, it's one in seven. One in seven That's campers. It is That's a lot. lot. It feels 14, like 14, 15%. It is. It's a ton of campers. I mean, so so every cabin group has one or two of these campers that if it was up to them, they wouldn't even be there. They would have they, mm-hmm. they they felt in some way forced to come to camp. And we say, well, that's not a good thing. Wow, shoot. Why why are we forcing kids if they don't want to do this? Because we know how beneficial it is for them to be unplugged from technology, to be plugged into community, uh, to, to have this faith immersion experience. And so um, we can take those kids that were forced to come to camp and look mm. at their their last day responses. And guess what? Ninety percent of them had a great time at camp. Ninety percent said they enjoyed their counselor. You know, over two thirds said they were strengthened in their faith. 
90% said they tried something new. Like these kids were having very positive experiences. And so mm. walking alongside these parents, and like you said, loving them, ministering to them, encouraging them, and recognizing that parenting is hard. Parenting is flat out hard. Amen. And um, it's hard to, to, to sometimes make those decisions for the kids, but encouraging the parents in that way and saying, no, this is, this is a positive thing that, that you can do for your kids. And you are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we want to listen, listen well and listen first. We want to love them too, as people we are ministering to. And then, and then L number three, we want to let them in. We want to let them in to the world of camp. And that means a couple things. And we've talked, we talked a lot a, a couple episodes ago about how parents want communication. Um, that's, a, that's a primary thing that we hear in the data is they want the one, the top one, that they want more is, is communication. And when things didn't go well, that is almost always part of the picture is, is they didn't get communicated with. So we want to let them in to, uh, to the world of camp. Communicating with them well before, during, and after is part of that. Communicating before, during, and after is part of that. And one, that, uh, that ends up speaking to their need of getting the information that helps them know. But two, it's a relational tactic too. Right? It lets them into the world of camp that as family is part of this ecosystem with camp, with other, and with other partners, to let them into the world and feel like camp is for them too. The camp is, is part of their experience as a family and including them as a parent in partnership. Yeah, their kid is the one maybe on site having the experience, but the more that we can let parents into the world of camp, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more we can let them in in terms of the practices of camp. You know, we've talked about this too, handing off the right. practices. You know, we did that whole handoff mm-hmm. episode. You know, how can you resource your parents? And this is part of, of understanding them as not just that conduit or that barrier, but as a partner. Um, they're, they're not just a partner. They're not just someone that you're called to minister to if they send their kid to camp. Uh, we are called to serve these parents. How can we provide resources to parents, even if they're not able to send their kid to camp? Maybe they sent their kid to camp two years ago. How can we still walk alongside them, provide resources for them? Sure. Might right. be online resources, might be virtual campfires. There's all these different things that, um, that we're able to do mm-hmm. um, to, to resource the parents. And so I, I, think, uh, I think your three L's are awesome. Uh, so they were, uh, they were listen to the parents, they were love the parents, and they were let them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, those, are, those are three wonderful things that we can think of. Um, we think of that now, you know, as we come into this, this Christmas season, as we come into the time of registration for camp and, and understanding that a lot of parents are putting this off, right? They're putting it off until April, May, June. How can we engage them now and let them know that camp is here for them, whether or not they register their kid, camp is mm-hmm. here for them and cares about them. That will help them understand the importance of this and get it on the schedule early. So that'll help you with your registration, <laughs> but you're yeah. also called to serve them whether or not they sign their kid up. And so how can you do that throughout the year? Sometimes it's just these little things, little engagements right. and, and, and these encouragements. How is camp beneficial? How, how can you come alongside them and encourage them in their parenting? Uh, how can you minister to them? How can you love them? Uh, I think this is all great stuff, Jared. So two things from here. Here's, here's our next step. Ask those questions. How are we? Listening, loving, letting them in. How are we doing that? Number one. Number two, one of the ways, like, like Jake mentioned, that we do that is, is we set up kind of a system in place. 
And so one of the ways we help with that is with a survey that we do. And that survey is part of the overall Effective Camp project. So if you engage in an Effective Camp project individually or as part of a group of camps, the parent survey is one of the surveys that happen. There are a handful of camps that we've engaged with that they've really focused on that parents that parent piece. So they've just done the parent survey, either in kind of lead up to a to a more complete project, or they just really really felt like they needed to hear from those parents. And so, so we're going to hear now on a sat down with Margie Fiedler, who is going to share a little bit about what their experience was like in in that parent survey. This is what's next. So so we'll take a break. They'll hop back on and uh, and we'll go from there. today with Margie Fiedler from Flathead Lutheran Bible Camp in Kalispell, Montana. Margie has been in year-round full-time camping for 30 years, with a, a stint also as an associate to the bishop in the Intermountain Synod of the ELCA, and time with the ELCA Foundation and uh, Mission Investment. She has been the executive director at Flathead for 11 years. So Margie, thanks for visiting with me today. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your camp. What is Flathead about? Um, Flathead will be celebrating 80 years now in 2023. And um, we are a year-round program for retreats and youth and uh, families and school groups with a goal to, in whatever way possible, share the love of Christ with people of all ages, having them leave Flathead better equipped to serve in their homes and communities and churches. You know, I've had the pleasure of visiting Flathead, and you have a very unique site. It's quite beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your uh, what, what we see at Flathead. Well, what attracts, I think, people to Flathead is um, Flathead Lake, which is um, one of the largest, well, it is the largest uh, freshwater uh, lake west of the Mississippi, um, and it is, it's an incredible uh, lake to do all kinds of activities on, has a great history of the indigenous people in the area, and it's a wonderful learning opportunity. So we also do a lot of things off-site. We're blessed that my predecessor spent years getting permits in the National Forest, and we're one of the few places that operates as a full outfitter in the National Forest. So people are constantly looking at us and wanting to buy our permits, which, of course, we won't sell, but we're very blessed to be able to take rafting and backpacking and rock climbing and all kinds of trips throughout the beautiful wilderness area that the camp is located in. Great. So tell us a little bit about a success at Flathead, something that our listeners will celebrate with you. Well, a couple things come to mind. We just adopted in October our next five-year strategic plan that we've been working on for close to two years. And obviously with what happened in the last couple years, that took on a new twist of of things to look at. Uh, During the pandemic, I think a success of ours was being able to pivot 
and not holding youth camping in 2020, but pivoting all to family camping so we didn't have to put staff in cabins. And that has uh, produced a lot more interest in the camp. We had a lot of local people who were not traveling that lived a few miles from the camp and suddenly now it's become their home and their camp. Um, never ever knew before that they could, they, they didn't think they could be a part of it in the past or didn't know they could be. And so that's been a real success to invite the community into sharing this beautiful setting that we have. That's pretty awesome. Um, we never wanted to go through pandemic, but that's a great silver lining to have more investment from your local community. Yes, and we were very lucky with our, our health department who walked with us through the whole pandemic. Just, I'll never forget the first call I made to the, to the health department and the head of the health department um, when I said, I don't know what to do in this pandemic. And there was a pause, and she said, um, I went to that camp when I was in seventh grade. I'm not Lutheran, but it changed my life. And she met with our executive committee or board and our board every Monday night at 9 p.m. from March through the end of May, including Memorial Day itself. That's how much she cared. And that was a real amazing success story for us. So those are seeds planted long ago that bear fruit. What a great reminder that you don't know. You Absolutely. Know? The relationship a cabin counselor builds with a camper or a staff person is going to, what it will do 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Right. Uh, we weren't letting our staff leave, of course. That was the recommendation of the health department. And at midway through the summer, the staff were pretty stir-crazy. We only had 14 staff on site mm -hmm. that summer. But I was telling her about it, and her and her husband said, we will leave our home and offered the ho their home, not knowing any of these college-age staff, but offered their home for a weekend so they could watch television and do facials and whatever, <laughs> order pizza in and whatever they wanted to do. And again, for someone to um, to do that was a phenomenal witness to our staff, too. What a blessing. Yeah. Thanks for letting us celebrate with you. Um, what's a challenge that you're working on addressing right now? Well, one of the challenges that was identified, of course, in our strategic plan is the, the um, number of people in our congregations, the 55 congregations that are association members and own the camp, and the number of people in those congregations and the aging of those congregations. And the challenge that we're looking at is how to roll out the strategic plan. And one of the, the main premises of it is that instead of saying to congregations, come to us, give to us, it, it's we're trying to turn that inside out and say, how can we as a camp help these congregations? We have a lot of rural congregations do evangelism and outreach in their area. So sort of working through the congregation to spread the love of Christ in their communities. So we're looking at ways of how to roll that out will be um, taking out the strategic plan to all the congregations this year, this winter, and um, listening to them, hearing um, their needs, and hopefully how the camp can help them um, in their own settings and communities and context. It sounds like 
part of that is like flipping the model so that camp becomes not just a partner to congregations, but a support too. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, that's the language of our strategic plan. Mm-hmm. So. I know as you were working on that strategic plan, Sacred Playgrounds got to play a small role in that, um, helping you gather some of the data and stories that shape your mission going forward. Um, and part of that is you used the, the parent insights package, part of the Effective Camp Project, um, to assess how the ministry was going, specifically for summer campers. So can you tell us a little bit about how the information you gained through those parent surveys, how you used some of that? Yes. Uh, number one, the, the parent surveys have been invaluable to us. And we do a camper survey at the end of the week, and it's interesting to see what comes back you know, on the parent surveys after the child or camper has been home for a while, they're talking to their parents and more things come out. And uh, one of the things that um, came out that we really needed to address was happening with bullying. And we have had a model in the past that had a, quite a bit of free time for campers to choose. And we found that a lot of campers were coming alone and then they were um, not being engaged in the activities that they could choose from. So based on what we learned from this from the parent surveys, we flipped that model around and have the camp or staff with the campers all the time. So they're choosing things to do as a group. And that drastically reduced um, our incidences reported of bullying, uh, both from campers and basically through the parent survey. And that really helped us. I mean, it changed our whole um, model of our daily camp schedule by what we received as input from that um, survey. I like it when we do, we've done it now years in a row so we can compare how we are improving. So we just had our staff retreat in October. We always wait a while to evaluate summer. Mm -hmm. And then we have the information from those parent surveys back. Uh, We share that with the board and then we as staff go through everything and pick it apart and look at how we can set goals how we want to raise the bar for next year based on what parents are telling us. Uh, one of the things that, one of the lowest things that has came out in our this last year was that we're not getting enough information to parents during the week, pictures and information. So now we've made that as a strategic goal for this coming summer. And we've already been talking about how we're going to make that change. And hopefully that, that piece will... Um, will be better percentages next year when we do the survey again. So, so, and, and there are other things, um, activities, uh, uh, food, lots of things we've learned from the survey that has helped us look at how we can improve the experience for our campers. Yeah. One of the things we've been talking about at Sacred Playgrounds lately is that while we serve the kids, we're actually serving the whole family, Right. And the parents are, are actually our primary constituent because they're the ones who decide. They're the ones who are going to praise up and down, oh, Flathead was wonderful, you need to see, send your kids, or mm, uh, pick something else for your kid this summer, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, some of the things in the open comments that parents write, I've been able to pinpoint... Um, 
what week it is, been able to kind of figure it out. Sometimes I'll even mention things. And I've actually called those parents based on those uh, comments that have been made and saying just reviewing this uh, survey and want to talk to it. And not that they always leave their name or everything, but when I've been able to figure it out, that's been extremely helpful. And they've been very appreciative if they've had concerns and um, I've been able to call and address them directly through that survey. That's mm-hmm. been great. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things we're able to do is break things down by week. So you can, well, it looks like, you know, week three was particularly rough. And then you can look at, well, what happened that week? Oh, our leadership on site was sick. We had less staff oversight. Or you can really start to pinpoint what makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's it's been extremely helpful for us. Yeah. Well, and I love that you were able to take the information from that and then say, we're going to do an intervention. We're going to change our daily schedule. And then the next year you were able to go and say, did it make the difference we hoped it would make? Absolutely. And 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 that was so clear in the surveys. that, And that was really encouraging for our staff, making this big move and this big jump. And, and for us to tell our summer staff, this was a real issue with our parents in survey. It helped them understand why we were changing it too. And then they were a part of making it better and felt very good about it when we were able to say, we improved thanks to you and thanks to these your willingness mm-hmm. to change the make these little tweaks. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels good to be able to praise your staff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last question, Margie. What is something that is giving you hope right now? I think the hope for me is that people are um, really interested in camping and retreating. They, they, want, they want it to be quality. They're, they're challenging us to be that way. But it gives me hope that, that camps are going to be around for a long time because I think it's, it's become a real, well, not that it hasn't always been, but it's even more of a priority now. As we heard in the survey, um, people like it that kids come to camp and are unplugged. And people see this is a time when they can uh, trust um, young adults to care for their, their children. I was really worried about that after COVID and kids being at home a lot. Would parents um, trust us with their children? And and that's proven to be true. And I think it is going to take a while to build up again. But the hope is that we are meeting a need that parents and families have to help their children grow in their faith, help their children grow in their self-esteem, um, help them know what it's like to be unplugged. And um, that's just given me a lot of hope as we move into the future. Great. Thank you so much for sitting down to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Anna. It's great to be with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Randell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.